Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is December the 27th, 2023. It is a Wednesday. I continue to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. Today is the Feast of St. John and the third day in the octave of Christmas. Our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. John. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they put him. So Simon Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. So here we are again celebrating awesome feast days. It's not enough that we're in the octave of Christmas, but we're also going to celebrate St. John, one of my favorite saints. St. John, I want to eventually get to the point here, and I don't want to go too long today, but I want to get to the point of St. John brings together the Marian and the Petrine. I will eventually get to what that means, and that's why he's a very exciting person. But let's look at this gospel first. John is funny the way he writes his gospel. He never uses his name. He says the disciple whom Jesus loved. And then later he'll say this is the, the same disciple who wrote all these things down. Um, I don't think he's saying it in pride, although a lot of people joke around and say, oh, yeah, he's full of himself. No, I think John is grateful. John is overflowing with gratitude at all that he's been given. He was the youngest of the apostles. He had a special relationship with Jesus. Jesus treated him like a father treats a son, a good father treats a beloved son. And so John, he refers to himself as the beloved disciple. And yeah, he was younger. And Jesus said he has a special place in his heart for those who are younger. And he shared the mysteries of the kingdom with him. I mean, John is going to write the most deep things that you're going to find in the Bible, the the book of Revelation, the gospel according to St. John goes so much deeper into who Jesus is and the mystery of the Trinity than the other three do. The other three of the synoptics, they tell the story. John does so much more than tell the story. Even John's letters go very deep. And yet, they're practical. Like I said, the Marian and the Petrine, what that means is the spiritual, but also the official church business. John brings it all together in his person and in his ministry. So in this gospel about the resurrection, he has to point out to us that he was a faster runner than Peter. But is that really pride or is that just, hey, he was a lot younger. And so of course he could run faster. And he's showing that like, no, this is my, I'm an eyewitness testimony to these things. I am the eyewitness. I saw it with my own eyes. And then Peter comes along the first pope, the leader of the apostles, to verify what I saw. He validates it. So I would imagine there's even a father-son type of relationship between John and Peter. They're always seen together, especially after Jesus is gone. 
And then, of course, later as apostles, they go their separate ways to do great things around the world. John is, I mean, he's so many things. He's an evangelist. He's one of the 12. He's a bishop of the church. John is the only one not martyred. But the Roman emperor wanted to torture him and kill him, so he boiled him in oil, and John wasn't hurt by it. He wasn't affected by it. It was miraculous. So eventually they pulled him out, and they exiled him to the island of Patmos, where he spent the rest of his days, and it was there that he had his vision that we now refer to as the Book of Revelation or the Apocalypse. But in the Apocalypse, there is a lot of mention of a scroll that was not yet opened. John himself could not open the scroll, but the lamb who had been slain yet now lives forever, that is Jesus, has the ability to open up the scroll. And when they open up the scroll, what do you see? A woman giving birth to a child who is the savior of the world. Isn't that amazing? And then there's a battle between good and evil. And so there's a lot of thought behind that in the history of the church that that scroll isn't just the gospel. It isn't just a prediction of things to come, but it's specifically the gospel according to St. John. John was working on his gospel and it was the last thing he wrote. He waited right to the end because he was reflecting more and more and more deeply on all the things that Jesus said. Even though we believe everything to be true in the gospels, still these men used their human abilities as well. It's human and divine, the writing of scripture. And so John put it together in such a way as he was inspired, and it was the fruit of a lot of prayer. So John was the one who received Mary for all of us at the foot of the cross. John lived with Mary. You can imagine John saying Mass and giving Mary the Eucharist, and them being together until her assumption into heaven. So imagine the wisdom of St. John. He was young when he knew Jesus and when he knew Mary, and he knew them both so closely, so intimately, And yet, then he has a couple decades to meditate on these things, to live the Christian life. He becomes a bishop. He ministers all over the place. Eventually, he's in Greece. He goes to Ephesus. Then he's exiled to Patmos. And, um, I mean, I just highly recommend reading the works of St. John in the Bible and, you know, whatever else we can find out there. There's little bits and pieces of things in the early centuries where we get a little more evidence of what John and the other apostles did. Um, today is also the feast day of a community in which I am a third order member, the community of St. John. I'm going up to their feast day in North Jersey. And um, the community of St. John, they believe they are steeped in uh, just knowledge and wisdom about St. John and his love for Jesus and his love for the Blessed Mother. And I love praying with them. I love being with them. And so we're going to have a holy hour today. Their holy hours are amazing, so prayerful, so beautiful, and as are their masses. And so we're going to have mass as well and then a nice little feast. And uh, this community, their reverence for Jesus, their love for the Eucharist, and their love for Mary is so palpable that people are converted by it. They do excellent work with young people and people in general. And they've drawn so many people closer to Jesus through their work. And it's in that spirit of St. John, which is, um, it's loving, it's Eucharistic, it's Marian, it's also philosophical. 
John meditates and teaches about the Word made flesh. And the whole Gospel of John reflects the depth of that mystery, not just the prologue of John that we hear. By the way, if you go to the Latin Mass, you hear it said at every single Mass um, because of the power of that Gospel. It's it's considered the, the part of Scripture that the devil hates the most because it's the most profound. It's the most... Um, just all about Jesus, who Jesus is. He is the word that existed forever. He's the word spoken by the Father, the word through whom we are all made. And then the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the apostles, including St. John, have seen and heard that word. They lived with him. They spoke to him. They touched him. They ate with him. He was their friend. He was their teacher. He was their guide. He was a father figure. We have the beautiful image of John resting his head against Jesus's chest at the Last Supper. Uh, And at that time, he asked him, uh, who is it, Lord, that's going to betray you? And Jesus told him. I mean, he told him in a little bit of a veiled way, but still he did. So there's this this feast day. I wish I could say more, but I'm keeping it short today. But it's a feast day that really shows us what we're supposed to be as Catholics and Christians. There's tremendous intimacy shared by John with Jesus, with the Blessed Mother. And like I was saying, he brings together the Marian and the Petrine. In the church, we have these, we we say there's two offices. The Marian office is about personal holiness and relationship with Jesus, and that's represented by Mary. And then the Petrine office is where all the sins take place. <laughs> but it's still the... um you know, the, the leadership, the church, the church structure, the hierarchy, it includes the Pope, it includes our bishops, our priests, it includes the laity as well. Everybody functioning as a whole together, a well-oiled machine, not always well-oiled, but a machine nonetheless that uh, produces new members. It, it bestows the sacraments. It, uh, it marries people. It buries them when they die. It ordains new priests. It gives us the Eucharist. It gives us teachings. And sometimes, yes, there is confusion. Sometimes there is scandal. Um, but the Petrine office is necessary. Jesus established it upon St. Peter, and John himself was respectful of it, as we see in today's gospel reading. Very often the church structure, the church, the Petrine office is slower than the Marian office. John, representing the Marian office, what does he do? He runs to the tomb first, but then he waits for the church. Peter, who is the first pope, to catch up with him, and then they work together. So there is this harmony between the human and divine, between the physical world and spiritual realities. And all this, John represents both, because he's a bishop, he's one of the apostles, and yet he is so close to Our Lady, and he's a man of deep prayer. He's one of the first mystics of our church, mystic par excellence. So we honor him today. We pray through his intercession for us, and we wish to imitate his example. Lord Jesus, through the intercession of St. John, make us like him. Make us to love you and Our Lady more and more. Make us draw close to you. Make us always respectful of the teaching authority of the church and uh, make us true sons and daughters of the church, while at the same time, always growing in personal holiness ourselves. Have a great day, everyone. Merry Christmas. God bless you.